Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. What up, Get Up Nation? This is Ben Vidic, the host of the Get Up Nation podcast designed to inspire and develop men and women who are locked in and tenacious at creating their finest life, regardless of the opposition. Welcome to episode two. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Lauren Alexander, the founder of Canine Champions for Veterans. Lauren experienced the loss of a dear friend of hers to suicide. He was a veteran who served three tours of duty during the global war on terror and suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder. The pain of that loss drove her to prevent veteran suicide by connecting veterans with trained service dogs who have a profound ability to help veterans heal, not only from their physical injuries, but from the very real psychological trauma that often occurs during combat. How are you doing today, Lauren? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. I asked Lauren to tell me about her passion and what drove her to create Canine Champions for Veterans. I founded Canine Champions for Veterans over just about two years ago after a dear friend of mine ended up committing suicide after his third tour. Um, He was actually recommended a service dog, but like many people who would benefit from a service dog, he couldn't afford one. And unfortunately, due to circumstances, um, we lost him because of that. And when um, after he had passed away, we had been talking to his psychologist who said that there was about an 80% chance that if he was able to obtain that service dog, his suicide, if not have been prevented, would have been postponed enough for him to get help. And that was shocking to me that there is that big of a chance that a service dog could benefit from someone or benefit someone, but they couldn't afford it. A service dog that is properly trained can cost anywhere from about twenty-five to forty thousand dollars. And when you are a veteran coming home, you don't have that money just sitting there, you know, ready for you to spend on a dog, and that's heartbreaking to me. And so I founded the organization, and our goal is to provide as many veterans as possible service dogs at no cost to them or their families. I am so sorry to hear about your friend. Um, as a veteran myself, it grieves me to know that uh, on average 22 veterans commit suicide daily in our nation. And so I have ultimate respect for you and your drive and your passion to uh, provide service members with uh, help and that is an astonishing number. That eighty that eighty percent number is really um, is really powerful to hear. Will you take me through the process um, that you experienced as you took your idea to serve veterans with canines to what uh, Canine Champions for Veterans is today? Yeah. So when we started out, um, we were so excited to get going and um, to be able to serve the veteran community. I come from a family that has a lot of military ties to it. I actually have a cousin who is deployed right now, and 
a lot, a majority of my family has served in different branches of the military. So it was great getting involved. And as we continue to grow, it is amazing to be able to see the changes in veterans' lives once they receive a service dog. Um, it looks like right now, next year, we're going to be able to at least double what we've done this year when it comes to placement of service dogs, which we are so excited about, and we couldn't do it without awesome donors. And we've been able to watch the veteran and service dog team grow together. Um, day one with a service dog, you know, it's new. It's a new dog, it's a new person, and they're forming that relationship. And, you know, so, but even day one is amazing, watching a veteran and their dog meet and get to know each other. The end of month one is even better. And then, you know, you have months two, three, four, even, you know, six months is completely different than day one. You thought day one was great, but month six is amazing. And then year one is even better. I actually just had the opportunity when I was in Dallas a few weeks ago to sit down with a veteran that got a service dog in July, so not that long ago. They've only been together a couple months, but I was able to see what his life has become because of his service dog. Before, he wouldn't leave his house um, without his wife, and his wife would have to literally go to a location where they would be at and scout the place. You know, she needed to know where all of the exits were, where a good, comfortable place for him to sit would be. And now that he has his dog, his wife always jokes that he's never home anymore. He goes out on his own. He's, you know, he drives places on his own. He goes to the grocery store. He runs errands. They actually went to the Dallas Aquarium, which is huge for someone who wasn't comfortable leaving the house because he knows his dog is there to help him. And it's, honestly, 100% completely changed his life. What challenges do you commonly face during that process of connecting a veteran with a service dog? I wouldn't say there are any big complications. The biggest thing when obtaining a service dog and forming that relationship is consistency. Um, it's just like a child. You know, you need to tell your kid to brush their teeth every night, and if you stop, and then magically three months later, you tell them to brush their teeth again. Your kid's going to look at you like you're crazy. Um, and so it's it's the same with the dog. You need to be consistent with the training. And we have an awesome, we, it's our, we call it our maintenance plan. And it goes through the first about six months of, you know, this is what you should do every day to keep up on training, to help form that relationship. Um, we like the veterans to pretty much keep their dog on a leash with them at all times for that first month. Because that way they know their behaviors, they learn their behaviors in different areas of the house, and, you know, when they walk outside. And so it really just creates that bond. Um, that leash ties them together. So the veteran will learn what the dog is doing and what triggers him to go into his task work. And the dog is able to learn the veteran. Um, body language when they're stressed or going into an anxiety attack, things like that. And so that creates a huge bond. And then we're there 100% of the time with the veteran for any support. We have the training team who is wonderful and answers emails and calls at any time. All of the veterans know they can reach me. Um, we give them so many different forms of contact because we want it to be a successful relationship. And we want that dog to integrate with that veteran and their family as 
well as possible. One concern that we hear frequently is that the spouse or the family are afraid that the dog's going to take their place. Um, and that was something we want to, you know, make sure that they know that the dog is there to help. And one of the, our goals is to let the spouse or the parents or the children become exactly the spouse or the parents or the children again, and they don't have to fill that caregiver role. Um, the main objective is to get that dog to be the caregiver. The, so they're the one that's watching them all the time. They know when they're having an episode of anxiety or panic or anything, um, the dog is there. So it's able to let the spouse regain that role of just being a spouse and not having to be that caregiver 100% of the time. Now, these dogs are not cheap. It takes a lot of time, money, and attention to train them, correct? That is correct. It's Each dog is in specialized training for about six months, um, and that's that minimum. Um, they each have about or over about 350 hours of that specialized training. Um, the way we do it is the dog lives in or lives with their trainer. Um, so they are in the house being worked as a service dog 100% of the time in an environment very similar to what they're going to be going into with their veteran. As I researched your organization and reflected on what you are doing for veterans, it resonated with me the profound connection between people and dogs. I remember telling my family before I deployed to Iraq that if anything happened to my dog while I was gone, not to tell me. I would deal with it when I got back. I had to stay mission focused and threat aware. And I knew that if I was confronted with the loss of that stable and faithful companion, it would get to me. As America has its dialogue about effective reintegration services for veterans after deployments, especially in regard to their mental health, it seems to me that deployment of canines to support veterans is one of the most powerful things we can do to serve those who served. I don't know very many better ways than to supply our veterans with a stable, steady, aware, and bonded companion. There is. It's amazing to see um, a lot of people, you know, they'll say it's just a dog, but it's not just a dog. I mean, your family pet makes a huge difference. You hear all the time families talking about, you know, their dog brings such a comfort to the family. But when you take that level of comfort that you get from just a dog and then you apply this amazing training, it becomes such a wonderful tool for recovery. It's been amazing to see people regain that ability. We have a dog at Texas A&M right now who his veteran is a student there and this dog goes to class and it his goal is to help him be able to overcome that anxiety so he can assimilate with the world, you know, and be comfortable in classes and doing all of these things that are going to make his life wonderful. Because we don't want someone to end up staying at home all the time. We want them to be able to live a normal life, and the dog is able to help them do that. Amazing. Amazing. Is there, do you have uh, examples like videos, uh, clips, things of that nature that, that show people um, that powerful bond that we're talking about? I definitely do. Um, we're actually getting ready to post a new video on our social media as well as our website. Um, we are the service dog provider for the 2017 American Airlines Skyball, which is really exciting. It's a great honor. And we are we created a video of that placement of our Skyball dog. And that's the dog that's at Texas A&M. 
And it's amazing just to see it walks you through that initial meet of the dog and veteran as well as some of the training and shows their life. And it was just amazing to see even day one. Um, the dog's name is Chief, and Chief kind of pretended like the trainer and I weren't there anymore, and he knew at day one that his job was now taking care of Scott, his veteran. And it's an amazing video to see. We just finished getting that together, and so we're really excited to post it and share that amazing story with the world. In addition to that, now I understand that you've also received a significant award here. Your organization was named one of the top nonprofits in 2017, right? We were from great nonprofits. We're so excited about that, and it's really an honor to be able to see that people are recognizing the good that comes from organizations like ours, and it's an amazing honor. We're so excited. Now, if people or organizations want to hire you to speak, to donate, or invest in Canine uh, Champions for Veterans, how can they how can they do that? So you can email us at info at cc4v.org or reach out to us via phone or our website um, has all of our contact information. And we are happy to visit organizations and spread the word of what we're doing as well as, you know, this wouldn't be possible without donations and those can be made on our website as well. Okay. When someone donates money to your organization, what does that investment create? That investment covers everything to do with the dog. We are very cautious when it comes to especially the dog's health. So every dog goes to their veteran with a clean bill of health. So all the donations go to the training and support of that dog. It includes um, their service supplies, so leashes, collar, their service vest. Basically, those donations help us cover all of the expenses, everywhere from getting that dog to dropping that dog off at the veteran and doing their training, as well as we offer a lifetime of support. So those donations make a huge difference, not just in those six months of training, but in the lifetime of that service dog veteran team. Absolutely. I just keep thinking of that 80% number, and I think of those veterans who are out there who may be dealing with a lot internally and how that 80% number comes comes up in my mind so powerfully to know that so many lives can be saved by investing in these dogs, by investing in this organization that's award-winning, that's being recognized more and more as something very valuable. Certainly, we owe the men and women who have given so much uh, to all of us. Uh, that sort of comfort. Now, Lauren, to end the show, I want to blast through a round of questions I always end the show with. I like to tap into the minds and hearts of people who have persevered through tragic and painful events to affect the world with massive amounts of positivity. All right. What are you thankful for today? The military. Who are you thankful for today? I am thankful for, I'm going to group it, my family, because they are the ones that pushed me to do this. How did you personally fuel the fire within you? By serving others. What was one thing adversity taught you to value? My health. And what are you doing today that you never thought you could? Giving so much to others. Living that potential. Being able to step outside of the box and out of my comfort zone to do something that means so much for others. Excellent. And my final question, what are you going to do tomorrow that you never thought you could? I guess tomorrow I'm just going to keep breaking down barriers, keep pushing myself.
Yeah. Lauren, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time, your thoughts. You uh, welcome, welcoming Get Up Nation into the process of of you serving those who served, uh, certainly on behalf of myself and uh, Get Up Nation. Thank you. And I hope that you have a banner year of people donating money and, and sponsoring you and sharing the word about your phenomenal organization. Thank you. I appreciate that.